Today on the show, I am going to talk about how to heal yourself. Whether this is healing yourself from habit patterns, an illness, or a disease. And I will share with you how I healed myself from a disease that I was told was incurable. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share with a friend if you think they would enjoy this because it really helps out. Visit the storyofmepodcast.com to submit your own questions that I can answer on the show. Follow the link to the Facebook group so you can continue the conversation after the podcast. And thank you for supporting the podcast. Now let's get to it. Beautiful am I, bountiful am I, blissful am I, why? Welcome to the story of me with Amarjit Singh. This is where I share stories from my unconventional life and relate the psychological insights that I learn from these experiences. Each story will entertain you as well as increase your awareness of your own self-limiting patterns. Then, through the principles of yoga psychology, you will learn how to overcome the resistance that is holding you back from living a more fulfilling life. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode where I share my experiences in psychological understanding, interview guests, and answer listener questions. Now let's get started with the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Welcome to the show. My name is Amarjit Singh and I am your host. Thank you for joining me today. And how are you doing? How is life going with all this craziness, whether it's politics or this illness going around? What is happening with you and how are you relating to this experience? Today on the show, I wanted to talk about how to heal yourself. And when I talk about healing yourself, we can look at this from many perspectives as far as what you're trying to heal, whether it's you have a disease and you're trying to heal yourself from this disease, or it's just an illness, a chronic illness, or, or, or some habit patterns, because they are all caused and healed the same way, because it's the same process that creates habit patterns that creates illness, that creates disease. And so what I'm going to discuss can be used for any of these things. And before we begin, I want to give a little disclaimer, because we're going to talk about how to cure yourself or how to heal yourself. And I'm not a medical doctor. And this podcast is not intended to replace any medical treatment. Instead, it should complement any medical attention that you may need. And please consult your doctor if you think you have any medical issues. This is not to replace anything to treat some disease, but it's to create the awareness to how to cure yourself or how to complement your care, how to improve the self-care of 
your illness or even just of your habit patterns. You don't need to be sick yet. It doesn't need to get to the point of disease to start to prevent this. We can say preventative psychological medicine, so to speak. And I'm going to share with you an experience that I had when I was diagnosed with a disease and how I went about curing myself from it and learning this process and understanding how this disease is formed and how to really improve, if not cure, the illness that I had. And hopefully that you can take this and look at your own life and say, how do I, even before it becomes a disease or an illness, how to prevent it through understanding how your psychology, or let me rephrase this, how your physical being is just a projection of your psychology. Often we hear people say, you can't judge someone by the way they look, right? We've all heard this before, and this is untrue. People are exactly the way they look. The problem is that we project our own psychology onto them, and so we don't really see exactly who they are because our own projections are clouding our vision. And if we're able to withdraw all our projections, it's very easy to see people because your physical manifestation is just the projection of your psychology. Right? And we can look at this in very simplistic terms. If you're mad all the time and angry all the time, what does your face look like? What happens? Where do the wrinkles start to form in your face? How does the, the posture present itself? When someone is open to life, how is their expression? How is their physical posture? Now, these are very simplistic uh, Examples, but there are people who study this. In fact, I read a book, I can't remember the name of the book, but it was a person who would analyze the jury for trials. He would be hired by a lawyer to analyze the people's face to give them an understanding of their personality so they could better understand how they would vote for the defendant. And this is a science and an art. Just like other types of analysis, this is a science and an art. This person was able to read people by their face, where the position of their ears are, the shape of their eyes, the shape of their nose, their mouth. And it just goes to show you how the physical body is just this psychological manifestation. And this is important to understand if you understand how disease is created how it's formed. And so disease is caused by a habitual psychological state that disrupts the physiological process. What does this mean? We have the psychological outlook, right? We can simplify it by saying we see something we like and we have some desire for it, or we see something we don't like and we have some aversion for it. But we can acquire this reaction through any of the senses. Maybe we smell something, we taste something, and based on our past experiences and our past uh, lives, our samskaras, our, our ingrained habit patterns, we react. 
And this reaction we call an emotion. And I think on this podcast, I've given the example of anger. If not, I'll give it again. So what happens when you get angry? Well, the breath changes, the heartbeat changes, and the mind begins to race. Okay, so why does the breath and the heartbeat change when you get angry? Because this psychological reaction to something that made you angry then gets manifested to the physical body. And where is anger held? It's held in the heart chakra, in this area of the body. And the vibration of anger is a dense vibration. So the heart and the lungs have difficulty operating properly because the vibration of anger restricts the flow of blood to the heart because it's not pumping properly. And it also restricts the capacity of the lungs. And so you have to breathe harder and the heart has to pump harder in order to operate. And it's because this anger is a dense vibration compared to the energy that operates the heart and the lungs. Now, for those of you who do yoga, you've heard the word prana. And what is prana? Prana is the life force that animates all that is living. So we've heard of pranayama, which is exercises to strengthen or to learn to control the prana. And maybe in one episode we'll, we'll get into this a little deeper, but now I'll just give you a, an overview of what this means. So, for example, let's say I have to pick something up. The energy that it takes to pick something up and go to the muscle to contract and to pick this up is the prana. The better I am at concentrating the prana to the muscle, the stronger I am and the more force I have to pick something up. This is why you may be stronger when you're well-rested compared to tired because you're able to concentrate the mind stronger. And the whole exercises of pranayama are to learn how to move this life force around the body through controlling it. Because we have difficulty learning how to control, but once we learn how to control it, we can control the organs. We can control all the different internal operations of the body. So the prana is a very subtle energy. It's very subtle, and it flows through the body to operate it. And when we compare this to this emotion or this feeling, which all the feelings are just vibrations, everything is a vibration. Your whole body is just a vibration, right? We look at our body as a solid, but the body is just a bunch of atoms vibrating so fast that it appears to be a solid, And so everything is vibrating, the whole body, every thought we have is a vibration, and then we have this thought of anger, and it vibrates, and the vibration of anger creates this feeling inside the body, which resides in the heart area, the chest area. And this feeling, this vibration is very dense compared to the vibration of prana. Prana is a very subtle life force. And so the prana is what animates the heart and animates the lungs. When you have difficulty 
controlling the prana to the heart and the lungs because of this anger, it has to, the heart and the, the lungs have to work harder. Now, when the anger goes away, then the prana is able to penetrate that area better. However, if this is a habitual pattern for you where you get angry all the time, there remains a residual imprint of this anger in this chest area. And if it continues and continues, eventually you're going to have lung trouble or heart trouble. And this is how disease is formed, is from the habitual psychological states that disrupt this physiological process. And then this psychological state manifests into a physical behavior. And this physical behavior then supports the disease. Now, many people are predispositioned to particular diseases based on heredity. And this doesn't negate the fact that all disease is based on your samskaras, or what we call the deep ingrained habit patterns of your mind, your psychology, because you picked this life to learn particular lessons. And so you picked a family that had these habit patterns, and this is how the disease becomes yours, even though it is hereditary. So like I said, we can look at this and use these steps that I'm going to talk about or these aspects to heal yourself even before it gets to the point of disease. Because the disease happens when one is ignoring or not adequately dealing with some underlying psychological issue. We can think of it as a situation that will force you to look at a psychological problem, like in my previous example with the anger. Well, what happens if this is a persistent thing for you? You start to get heart trouble. Maybe you have heart attack or you have some other problems with the heart. And how are you going to continue to live with this condition is you have to learn to be more open and loving. And you have to learn to not allow the anger to overtake you physically, psychologically. And so this is just saying that you haven't dealt with this, and so now you are being forced to deal with this. And this is how the psychological issue creates this emotional reaction that manifests somewhere in the physical body and creates this illness or habit pattern. The sustained repetition of a particular emotional reaction creates this residual imprint within the framework of the body. And then this emotional imprint impedes this flow of prana, the life force that animates the body. Then the flow of prana is disrupted, and particular areas of the physiological system are compromised. And this was like the example that I, I gave. So in order to heal yourself, you have to address three aspects. And again, whether this is from illness, disease, or just habit patterns you want to improve and, and let go of, so you can prevent any disease if it hasn't started. And I'm not saying that you're going to be able to cure your disease, because Everyone has different karma. Everyone has different capacity. 
Well, we all have a capacity to let go of our karma, but it takes a lot of focus, a lot of understanding and awareness to really let go of it. And there may be a point where you can improve your life and still deal with this disease because there's many people who have diseases who maybe they don't go away, but they learn to live with them and have a, a joyful life or a happy life anyway. And then there's other people who have the same disease and who have suffered from it. It's not necessarily going to cure the disease, but it can. But more importantly, it's going to give you this understanding of why it formed and what habit patterns you need to really look at and deal with so you can let go of this karma. Three aspects that need to be addressed to cure yourself. And we'll go over these. The first one is the psychological. The second aspect is the physiological. And the third aspect is the behavioral. We'll go through all three of these, and then I'll share with you how I healed myself using these. So you can have maybe a more practical understanding of this. And so like I talked about, the psychological state creates the condition. Even if we've inherited these predispositions from our family. The symptoms are the expression of this state. The main illness is designed to focus your attention on a false identification based on self-judgment. So the first thing we have to look at is what is the psychological state that is creating this condition? The first thing you can do, and again, whether this is illness, disease, or just habit patterns in a, a particular outcome that you're receiving in life consistently, whether it's uh, failing to re achieve something or to follow through with things, if we look at the symptoms that are expressed from these habit patterns or from the illness, from the disease, we can better understand the psychological cause. Often we mask the symptoms with medication when we get to illness or disease. And if there's a way to look at these symptoms in their pure form, it's easier to understand what the cause is. And unfortunately, some of the illnesses or diseases are very serious in that we, ha we are forced or we have to take some form of medication to alleviate the symptoms because they are overwhelming or detrimental to our, our life. If they're not, I recommend trying to not use them to allow the symptoms. Or even if you're using some type of medication is to observe what the medication is, is preventing from happening. So the first thing we should do is look at the symptoms. And what are these symptoms preventing me from doing? What are they holding me back from? We can look at the psychological state and watch closely to see what the psychological disposition either minimizes or maximizes in terms of the symptoms. How do we feel when the symptoms are the strongest? 
How do we feel when the symptoms are the weakest? What is the psychological state? For example, if maybe you're having heart trouble, the more open you are, the more loving you are, maybe this is minimized less. The more angry you get or, or, or mad you get, these symptoms are stronger. And so this is how we can use the symptoms as kind of a barometer to the psychological state to see how our psychology is interacting with these symptoms. And we can narrow it down, too, to determine which organs or body parts are affected by this illness and then find the chakras that are associated with them. And this is very easy to do. You go on the internet and and look at, see, okay, I'm having trouble with the heart chakra. What is uh, related? Which organs and body parts are affected by the heart chakra? And then think of the psychological states that affect this. Because there are psychological functions of each of the chakras. And so this is there's a wealth of information on how a particular chakra operates when it's healthy and when it's unhealthy, and then which organs and body parts are affected by this. And then we can narrow this down to understand the psychological function of each of the chakras that we're dealing with. And this will provide some indication of what to look for in your own psychology. And then you can narrow this down to your psychological state and how it's affecting these symptoms. And you can also use your physicality to observe your own psychology. What parts of the body am I having difficulty with? And then how is this part of this part of the body affected by my psychology? And again, this is not just for disease or illness. Let's say that you have difficulty and flexibility in a particular area of the body. Okay, well, which psychological function does that body part or that area relate to? And we can look at the chakra and which body parts and organs are related to the chakra, and then how this is affected by your way of looking at life and your mind. And so this is how you can use your own physicality to observe your own psychology. You can go through the psychology to the physicality or the physicality to the psychology, and it's a way to look at this. If you're having shoulder pain or neck pain, okay, well, this is the throat chakra. How are you dealing with self-expression? Are you able to express yourself authentically, or are you not sharing how you feel in your relationships? Are you having difficulty opening up and speaking your truth? Well, this is why you start to have problems in, in the throat and neck area and the upper back. Through this understanding, you can then work on creating the psychological state that lets go of this false identification or this judgment and say, okay, I need to speak more truth to the people in my life. I need to tell them how I feel and not hold back my emotions and not let people in to my my inner experience. Because the reason you're not speaking out is because of the self-judgment and that you're not feeling that you will be accepted. And so this is the psychological state that is creating this physicality. 
And so then when you recognize and say, okay, well, when I speak more of my truth in my relationship with my partner or my family, then my neck doesn't feel so stiff. My, my shoulders don't feel so hurt or my upper back doesn't feel painful. And there's more flexibility in my neck. And so we can see how not speaking up and using the, this throat chakra the proper way is preventing it from getting the proper prana because of our psychological state and it's impeding its functioning. And if this continues and continues, then this will turn into illness. And it continues, you'll get sore throats, you'll get neck trouble, uh, neck pains, whatever it is. And if it continues and continues again, you will get some disease that's related to the throat. And, And this is how it works. But you have to learn to let go of this judgment and then to understand the symptoms and how they're affecting you psychologically and physically. And so this is the first aspect that needs to be addressed, and it's, it's where everything begins, the psychology. And it's related to this false identification. It's related to the judgment. No matter which chakra it is, this is the beginning point. So the second aspect is the physiological. The physiological functioning is disturbed by the residual effects of the emotional habit patterns that impedes the flow of prana. And this is what I talked about in the beginning, is how the vibration of these feelings like anger or other uh, feelings, other emotions, even some that we are not aware of and that don't have names, they impede this flow of prana and restrict it. And then that part of the body doesn't function properly. And so you have to learn to tune yourself into the subtle awareness of the flow of prana. For those of you who practice yoga, which I'm guessing most of my listeners practice yoga at some level, whether it's just meditating or or really getting into it, any type of yoga, the practice of pranayama is the most important aspect of yoga as far as the physicality and the training of awareness of the body. Because when you learn how to control the prana, you can heal yourself and you create this subtle awareness where you can feel the flow of prana. And so you can feel, oh, I can feel in my throat that it's blocked. You can physically feel it and you can physically open yourself up to concentrate the prana to this area. And this takes a lot of subtle awareness and a lot of practice but it's not impossible. And for me, this was a big part of healing myself is I was able to feel this flow of prana and where it was disrupted, I can physically feel it and tune my mind into controlling it. Now, the practice of pranayama is done through the breath. And most people mistaken, at least the beginners in yoga, mistaken the breath with prana, and the prana is not the breath. 
The prana is the life force that animates the lungs to breathe. And the reason we do breathing exercise, pranayama, to learn how to control the prana is because the breath is the only organ that we can consciously control or unconsciously control. We can breathe unconsciously. You don't think about your breath 24 hours a day. When you're sleeping, you're not thinking of your breath. When you're going through the day, you're not thinking of it. However, you can concentrate and you can control the breath. And so this is why we use these breathing exercises, which we call pranayama, to learn how to control the prana because it's the only organ that we can control easily this way. Once you master this, you're able to control the other organs. You're able to control the prana going to the heart to slow it down or speed it up. You're able to control the prana going to your liver, to your appendix, to all the different parts of your body, to your hands, to your shoulders. And there's yogis who have shown great feats of making themselves sweat when it's freezing cold out or control their body temperature, control the flow of their blood, or slow their heart down so slow that it it almost stops. And this is a very important part of healing yourself physically, is learning how to create the subtle awareness to control the flow of prana through the organs and through the body in all the different channels. And this process of training your mind to become more and more subtle also allows you to get deeper and deeper into these vibrations. You know, we talk about feelings, and we say, I have these emotions, anger, happiness, sadness, and we have a very small spectrum of these emotions. But this word emotion is really not the right word. We should be using the word feeling because everything is just a feeling, a vibration. And there are feelings that we are unconscious to, feelings that are vibrations from past lives, feelings that are vibrations of the future, feelings that are vibrations of different psychological reactions that we don't have names for and that are not understood. And the more you're able to tune into the subtle, the more you recognize this. For example, you know that we dream <clears throat> we dream at night and, and we always wonder, what do these dreams mean? And the thing is, we have very different emotional reactions to our dreams, whether we're conscious of it or not. Sometimes you wake up and you're in a very happy mood, and sometimes you wake up and you're just a little off and a little sad or a little angry because of the dream you had. Even if you don't remember the dream, the emotional imprint of it remains. And then there are other dreams that they're not working out things that have been going on in our life or our past, which are maybe hints of the future. And the feeling from these dreams is very different from the feeling of dreams of something that you're working on currently in your life, some psychological dilemmas. And if your mind is subtle enough to recognize this, you'll be able to understand what the dream was trying to tell you or what type of dream this was. 
but you need to really learn how to create this subtle awareness. And, <clears throat> and this is what's practiced through pranayama, a good way to do it, and, and also through meditation, so that you can feel this flow of prana through your body and learn how to control it to go through the parts that it's having difficulty going through. The third aspect uh, to heal yourself is the behavioral. So like I said, you observe something from one of the senses, whether you're thinking it, seeing it, feeling it, tasting it, smelling it, and then you have a psychological reaction. That psychological reaction then creates a feeling, and that feeling resides somewhere in the body, and that impedes the flow of prana, and then your behavior contributes to this. Consciously and unconsciously, you react to the psychological and physiological impulses that are creating this habit pattern. And these habit patterns reinforce the illness. And you can think of this, for example, oh, every time I get angry, I do this. Or every time I get sad or hurt, I do this. And this behavior is the reaction to the feeling because you're trying to manage this feeling. So let's say you're very sad, you break up with your partner, or you're very sad or depressed, and what do you do? You eat when you're not hungry, and you eat unhealthy food. And it's because you're trying to change the way you feel. You're trying to manage the feelings, or you're doing drugs or alcohol, or you're doing some behavior, or you're oversleeping to manage the feelings. And this is the behavior that is created by the feelings. This behavior is then perpetuating the psychological state, and it's contributing to the physiological state. So it's important to look at what is this behavior. And again, if we look at the symptoms of an illness, and we can start to see what the behavior is that, that's causing this. So I can tell you my example of how I healed myself, and you can see a practical application of this. So this is when I was living in Berlin in an ashram, and I was getting these very bad headaches I would wake up with these headaches. I'd wake up and feel tired, I could, like I wanted to just go back to sleep. And this was very different. These headaches were, I don't get headaches so often. Maybe in one year, I get three or four headaches. I, I don't get headaches, but this time, every single day, I'm waking up with these very pounding headaches and feeling like I just want to go back to sleep. So I went to the doctor, and they did their analysis, and it turned out that my thyroid was not operating properly. So the doctor told me that I would have to take these pills for the rest of my life to help my thyroid get the proper hormones to operate properly. And I said, well, do I have to take this every day for the rest of my life? Yes, this you will have to take this forever. And I started to take this and, it, and I started to feel better. It took a couple of weeks and I felt better. But then I started to look at when 
it started to feel worse and when it started to feel better, what was my psychological state? Before I did that, I investigated, well, what is the thyroid responsible for? And the thyroid is responsible for your metabolism, your energy level, and this is what was happening with me. My metabolism had slowed down, and my energy level was not very high. So when I say look at the symptoms, the symptoms were it was taking all my energy away. I I just felt like sleeping. I didn't feel like doing anything. And so this is the symptom, that I had no energy, and I couldn't do anything. So then I looked at, okay, well, this is causing me to not want to do what I need to do or what I should be doing. And it's related to my output in life, my interaction with life, my my ability to manifest my expression in life. And now I was unable to do it because these symptoms were so strong, I just didn't have the energy, at least in the beginning. Then I looked at my psychological state. Well, how am I doing at manifesting results in life? How am I doing at at getting things done? And I was going through a period where I would do a lot and do a lot, and then I would go through a period where I wouldn't do much. And then I'd repeat this habit pattern. And it wasn't a consistent level of energy that I was giving to accomplishing things through manifesting what I needed to do. And so I said, okay, so I'm getting in my way by doing too much at one time and then not doing anything. And it needs to be more even. It needs to be more balanced. This is why it's throwing off the operation of my thyroid is this psychological state for whatever reason that I'm either doing a lot and then not doing a lot is getting in the way of the operation of my thyroid. And I can feel the neck trouble and the the stiffness of the neck. And I was able to then concentrate the prana to my throat chakra. And of course, doing some yoga exercises to loosen up this throat and the neck and the shoulders and the upper back. But the most important thing was to look at how am I approaching life? Am I doing it in a consistent way with my energy? And again, I I wasn't. And so I had to really look at this and say, well, why am I not getting consistent results? Why am I not consistently focusing my energy on manifesting my expression? And so I was able to then analyze this psychological way of looking at, do I deserve what I'm doing? Do I deserve better results? What is the psychology that is holding me back from really being consistent. And what was happening, at least it appeared to be happening, is I would really focus hard and do a lot and do a lot and get a lot done. And they get frustrated because maybe the results were not what I thought they should be. And so then I would stop focusing on it and maybe get distracted and do things that I shouldn't be doing. And this was the habitual pattern. Instead of being consistent and not reacting to the psychology, I was reacting. And this was the behavior that was causing this illness is that I would give and give and give and do a lot. And then I'd get the results that I desired. 
And then the behavior was to then say, okay, I'm not going to do anything for a while, just do some distracting things. And this is the way I was able to look at the psychology, the physiology, and the behavior to see how they intertwined and they worked together to create this disease. And eventually, when I was able to focus my energy and focus the prana to my throat chakra, change my behavior and understand the psychological state better, eventually I had to stop taking that medication because it wasn't, wor- it wasn't uh, I didn't need it. And since then, I haven't needed it, but I can see when I start to repeat this pattern, maybe it starts to creep in a little slowly, I can start to feel my throat chakra close down just a little bit or get a little stiff in the neck. And then I remember the psychological state and look at my behavior and adjust my behavior and it goes away. And this is how I was able to cure myself. And then after all this, I went back to the doctor to get retested and it had gone away. And the doctor wasn't too happy, which was a little strange uh, when I told her that I stopped taking the medication. Oh, no, you have to take it. You're going to hurt yourself. And then I said, I'll come in and I'll get tested. And I got tested and it showed that my, my thyroid was functioning perfectly without the medication anymore. And so this is how you have to look at all your disease, all your illnesses, and your habit patterns, how they are going to contribute to this. And again, this is a way to really understand how to look at how the psychological, the physiological, and the behavioral all function together. And it's looking at these patterns and how they can be used to heal any aspect of yourself. You don't have to wait for a disease to happen to heal yourself. The best way to heal yourself is to not let it go to the point of disease, to develop the subtle mind, to recognize that there is some issue happening within. Create a healthy living environment through proper nutrition, physical activity, and clear, non-judgmental emotional expression. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the story of me podcast and get 10% off.
Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this show. Again, remember the three aspects to cure yourself or to heal yourself is the psychological, the physiological, and the behavioral. You can go to the show notes on the storyofmepodcast.com for this episode to get this written out for you, and there's a little more detail that you can look at. And also, please submit your questions for the show if you have any questions about this or anything else, and I will answer them on the show. You can go record your your questions. There's a, a recorder on the website for you to speak right into your computer, your phone, whatever device you're using, and leave me a question. I'll play it on the show and answer the question. So for your homework uh, on this episode, uh, look at your habit patterns. If you have an illness or some disease or even just some habit patterns that you're having difficulty with, look at the symptoms. If you're having difficulty doing something in life and you keep having the same outcome, what is the symptom of this? If it's illness or disease, what is the symptom? And then look at what is the symptom causing you to do or preventing you from doing? And then look at how this is affected in the physiological sense. Which aspect of the the body is this affecting? Which chakra? And then read into, learn about the chakra and how to deal with it. You can go to the podcast Facebook group, and you can share your experience with the podcast, with the homework, and continue the conversation. There's a link for it on the website. And follow the podcast and all the social media. Until the next time, from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions.